Accompanied by the best trio of positivity brigade possible. I'm followed here with Boopin and Mike. Boys, how are you today? Who the fuck calls me Mike? No one calls me Mike. I know. You know what I did is because it's written on the fucking thing as Mike. Uh, And we lost the under for the first curse word thrown in the podcast under 10 seconds. So great. Great job, Miller. Wait, who cursed? Miller said fuck. Was that a was that a thing? No, I, I have like, a feeling that I probably I probably caused that under every time. Might as well just start I'm it. I'm definitely one on the over. I'm definitely on the over. Because you don't talk. I curse. I I only curse when I'm really passionate about something. So I got <sighs> that going for me. What's up, Chris? Thanks for hosting today. Yep, no problem. Uh, I felt like there's a lot of stuff here, and I prefer to listen. Because I am, I am, I am the courteous one. But with ladies, that, uh, ladies, take note. He's a man who listens. I'm He's a man who. Single. I'm a man who is single and doesn't have a job. So two out of three, right there. Um. So Stop we are the trio of positivity. We, we are the trio of positivity podcast. We're just a couple friends that talk about the Chicago sports landscapes while trying to be positive, which in this case does not bode well for us. Um, we, you can find us on Facebook under Trio Positivity Podcast, as well as, uh, Twitter or X at Trio Positivity and YouTube, where we post our episodes full, where you could see our beautiful faces, especially the handsome man in the Miller, in the middle, whose name is Miller. Um, I bet you're wondering wow. about TikTok. Well, fuck TikTok, because <laughs> we're suspended middle. still, and we don't have anything. We also have a website, TrioPositivity.com, where eventually we keep promising blogs, Hasn't happened yet, but eventually we'll go ahead and do that there. Hey, there was one in the middle of the season. <laughs> there was one last year, but we're going to try to figure out what to do with that content in the future. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to discuss news that stood out to us. We're going to give you our thoughts on the Madhouse on Madison. Hey, I don't know if you guys know, the divisional round was played this past weekend, which is going to set us up for the championship round. Thank you. Oh, well, someone put divisional round in the script. Called improv, bro. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that on the script? I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you write something on the script, I will read it. Apparently, it was a a championship weekend, right? Are we? Am I good so far? Yes. Yes, Okay, great. Which sets us up for the big game, the superb owl, the superb owl, the superb owl. I like the superb owl. owl. Um, and our main focus today. And our main segment is the boys are going to give the defensive grades for the Chicago Bears for their 2023 season, as well as their positivity rating. Miller keeps shaking his head, forgetting that we post these videos on YouTube so everyone can see him mouthing words and shaking his head. What's the problem, Miller? I didn't give a grade for my defensive players. I just gave. Again, who wrote this script? (laughs) Stop saying script. NFL see, is gonna come after see, her. see, this is what happens when you say you're gonna host last minute and screw up everything that the it was offered was to me, say. and it sounded like a great idea. What can I say? All right, we're Ooh. gonna start us off. Um, actually, it doesn't tell me who's gonna start us off, so I'm just gonna head and uh, pop it open or boop. And I saw you raise your hand. Go ahead. What What do you want to talk about? Hey, uh, I saw this. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, 
if you remember, there was a tennis match, a popular one called Battle of the Sexes. Something similar is happening in the NBA All-Star game that's happening in the middle of February, I think. The All-Star three-point contest will feature Steph Curry and WNBA single-season three-point record holder and New York Liberty guard, Sabrina Ionescu. I butchered the last good. name. It's pretty good. Uh uh, it'll be the first ever NBA versus WNBA three-point challenge, which will take place on February, Saturday, the 17th of February, in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Um, cool thing about this is they will all use, so Steph will shoot in the regular basketball in the regular hoop. They're going to use, um, uh, what's her name? Sabrina is going to use the WNBA ball and WNBA hoop. So they'll be shooting on different sides. That would be cool, I think. The setup sounds the setup sounds ridiculous. They don't shoot in the same basket. Well, supposedly they have different sized basketball and different sized hoops. I learned that today too. Well, the height Wait, I believe is different. What? Yes, Somebody, I don't think the hoops are. I think the hoops are the same. I just the think the height is smaller. The basketball smaller. Is definitely different, smaller from what I read. Yeah. But I would understand reason, that the basketball is smaller. The reason that I know that the basketball is smaller is because one time I got very excited when I went to Dick's Sporting Goods and saw a basketball for sale for $5. And it turns out it was a women's basketball, which I got made fun of when I tried to take it to the playground. So, Aww, sorry, oh, poor buddy. Chris. Uh, yeah. But uh, Sabrina supposedly hit 37 or 40 in the All-Star game recently um, for one of the WNBA. So she was like... I'm gonna, I can take on anyone, so this is like the next edition for that. So, yeah, something to look forward to. Uh, supposedly, they should do this in college where the best um, uh, male athlete and the best female athlete would like basically compete against each other in skills contests, so they're trying to do something different with WNBA, with the All-Star game, so I'm, I'm pumped. That might be fun. Yeah, I'm pumped too, and I'm still not going to watch. So, keep us posted. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a fucking hater. Uh, I'm very All-Star excited. games are a waste of time. Oh, here we go. Okay, Jim Irsay, take it easy. Yeah, it's happening in your stadium. Me. Hey, do it's not talk your ill stadium, about Jim Irsay, okay? He is literally, it could be on his deathbed right now. The man overdosed with excitement when he found out that they're Allegedly. doing this in his stadium. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Don't sue us, Jim Mercy, from your fucking deathbed. All right, let's go ahead and continue. Actually, please um, do because good publicity. Any, publicity, publi- any good publicity, publicity is good publicity. Thank you. He, he, he can have the seven dollars in our bank account. <laughs> I'm very excited though that it is at Lucas Oil Stadium. Shout out to our boy John, uh, who's from the area. Uh, up, I got John? to see that stadium once in my life. It is gorgeous, so I'm excited to see how the the NBA floor will look uh, for All Star Weekend. They do get a this... lot of extra activities, right? They're like the go-to. They're I feel like, like it's like the central area that's yeah. actually a nice stadium, unlike Soldier Field. Like Combine happens there often. Look, they get a lot of activities, random the ones. The Republican just... National Convention happens there every now and then. Okay. Okay, good to know you know <laughs> that. weird. Did you know that? <laughs> the, only, but... the only reason I know is because I went to visit John and I wanted to see the state. You know how I got, I am about stadiums. I like to like do a little walk around and shit. It was Trump Nation when we went to go visit there, and it was cool. cool it was either cool. it was either the Republican National Convention or the Gun Convention. I can't remember which one, but either Fitz. one was awesome. Was... If you're still listening to us, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for staying with us. 
And with that, we're going to go ahead and switch gears. We're going to go ahead and bring it back down to the Madhouse on Madison. And we're going to have Miller uh, speak on this. Miller, what you got for us? Dude, I got nothing but negativity. <laughs> that seems to be the common theme going on with these two fucking shit shows of the team. We'll start off on the ice. Chicago Blackhawks. Thank glory be that it's the All-Star break because these kids are 0-3 in the last week. And they've been shut out three of the last four games. So let's just say it hasn't been very much fun to watch. The only thing that we hold our hope on is Connor Bedard actually being on the ice. Not on playing in a game because we all know that's not going to happen for a while. Even though it does sound like he could come back sooner than later. But um, it's it's just not pretty right now and the team's gonna suck like we knew that was gonna happen and without Connor there's nothing really fun to even speculate or talk about um we have zero all-stars other than Connor Bedard but he's not playing so no Hawks are gonna be representative on the ice but yeah other than that not much happening with the Blackhawks hey pretty high draft pick I'm pretty sure right well, it's the middle of the season, but sure, you can speculate on draft picks if you would like. I'm trying to see some positivity here. You know the <laughs> name of our podcast or something? Like I said, not a lot of positivity happening at the Madhouse right now, okay? So, uh, moving on, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, in my opinion, it hasn't been much better than the Bulls. Um, they've been 1-2 and two in the last week. They blew a 16-point lead to one of the tanking teams in the NBA, the Toronto Raptors, and lost to them. Awesome. And the worst news coming out of um, somewhere, you know, my Twitter feed, it gets all the shit, is the speculation that the Bulls are not going to make a big move, which means more mediocrity and... People officially saying that this is one of the worst franchises in all sports because all we do is mediocrity year after year after year because this team is not going to do anything. They're not going to go anywhere. They have Zach's huge contract. They have DeRozan. They have Caruso, all guys that are tradable assets, but they want to sit and run back what they've ran back year after year after year that has consistently been First round bounce, first round bounce, play on, play and bounce. So this sucks. Being a Bulls fan sucks. Shit sucks. What's your fucking question? Um, someone predicted that they may not move anyone last last episode. Just want to bring it up. It was a very spot on prediction. Yeah, like for the uh, record, the trade deadline has not come up yet. So before you pat yourself on the back, you might want to wait for that. Okay, bug there, big there, pumpkin. Okay, but. I did hear today, I heard Bulls mentioned on a podcast I listened to, and I was very surprised. But obviously, they were they were like, basically, either they're going to be in the play-in or maybe not, looking at the way season's going. But they were talked about as the one team from the outside that could affect the playoff the most. They have two to three players, like trade chips, that might shake off the playoffs. Like, getting, like, I don't know, Levine and DeRozan, like, if if we trade them, like might shake off the playoffs. So like that's how when they were in the news that if they decide to trade some of these chips, they may shake how the playoffs are 
shaping up right now. There you go. You finally got, you finally made sense in that last sentence there. Thank you for clarifying that. I was so fucking confused what you were talking about the plan and then talk. <gasps> yeah, that's true. But like I just said, speculation from AK is that nothing's happening. So yay, both. Back to you, Chris. I will say, as much as I dislike the news that I've heard about said Chicago Bulls, we can't really be determined as the worst franchise because Detroit is still there. They've only won six games, so we're at least a little bit better than Detroit is. No, but don't you think they're a young team with some talent? So I okay. I mean, so I agree. Being with that the point. worst team in the league does not automatically mean you're the worst franchise. Yeah, I, here's the thing though. There's the worst franchise can be a lot of things. Uh, Detroit's probably not going to make the playoffs for another three years, depending on what kind of moves they make too. So, as far as the Bulls are concerned, though, there should have been improvement every year with the team that we had, and the fact that we're still stagnant. I would have hoped that it would have been fine to have a rebuild and get rid of your pieces for something, and then just see what happens at the end of the year. They're not doing that, and that's what's kind of more disappointing to me. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, I think the coach is going to stay. I wish he didn't. Um, I honestly, if if the right deal comes through, I think the Bulls pull the trigger. I I just feel like they they have these pieces that are so high value that they need to be blown away, and it's like the high value things that you have is what's helping you not make the playoffs. Well, the year. big news of the day is that the Rockets are looking to add a superstar, and you know who's not on their list? <laughs> the guys in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Awesome to hear. I'm just saying, Detroit, yes, they suck. They're the worst team in the league by far. But you know what? It's not bad being the worst team in the league. You get high draft capital, which could translate into success, whereas being right. in the middle of the pack, regardless if you get in the plan or not, you're not doing anything. You get dominated by the good teams when you play series as we've seen the past few years. So you're basically in mediocrity, hoping that a draft pick hits. We trade away Laurie Markkinen, who's tearing it up with the Jazz. We trade away a few players that are doing well at other spots, and it's just like, this This seems a dumpster fire right now. Not in a good spot, and being in that mediocre status long-term doesn't get you anywhere. I agree, uh, especially with how the East is playing. And let's not forget, even Miami is kind of close in our standings too. So it's still all over the place in the East. I mean, you never know what. Go ahead. I heard speculation that they wanted that someone came out and said they wanted the Jimmy Butler to get traded. Who was that? That was somebody on one of the fucking NBA shows. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they don't think that they'll get he'll get a title with Miami. I I don't think he's played much, right? I think he's been hurt too. But here's my question to you guys: Wouldn't you want the success that Miami has had as a Bulls fan? Like, isn't that something that we would like? Of course, I would like yeah, anything I mean, more than I, what we does, have. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It doesn't make sense that they would say that about Jimmy Butler because he is the face at that moment. So I'm, I don't know, Chris. For other teams, you value wins and playoffs, but you so you sometimes say Super Bowl or bust. So you confuse me a lot. Superb owl, superb owl. Sorry, superb owl and bust, or you know, other teams you value wins. So I, I'm very confused. It's, with- so here's the thing: it's expectations. If the team meets, or, or if the te- if you have certain expectations that you want the team to at okay. least hit as a regular standard, wins has to be incorporated into it. Okay, builds. You said you were happy with like where they are as a franchise, right? The bills. Yeah. 
they have yeah. expectations, so they have not yeah. won at all. Right. So but they're you're still, still happy. They're still a contender every year that the season comes out. But they have not won. But they're still a contender, so they're still going to be in the mix. But expectations are that they win. And they win in the regular season and puts them in a spot to oh, try no. to win in the playoffs. The way everyone knows the playoffs is a different beast. Interesting. I'll keep this in mind, sir. All right. Can we uh, move tell, on to NFL, Nate, please? Well, but tell me one statement that's wrong with that, though. I mean, it's no. the overall point. You've said multiple times that it's Super Bowl or bust. Right. And you for haven't acknowledged, yeah. you yeah. haven't acknowledged teams, yeah. the, the consistent success. My whole thing is, if you're the 49ers this year, would it would have been superb owl or bust. Can we agree? NFL right. championship. Can you just say that instead of sounding like an idiot? I like superb owl. I feel like we should make that into a t-shirt, very honest. But, okay. It was, it, was, um, it was big game or bust for 49ers, right? If you look at the Lions, what was the Lions? They were expected to have a good, good team. They were, right, they were expected to have a good team. Would you say that them reaching the NFC Championship game was exceeding expectations at that moment? I, I don't know if it's exceeding. They were expected to be in the playoffs, but I think right. But see, that's think, where and that's where my whole thing about winning gets you to that certain spot. So the because the Bills have won so often in the regular season and have become a a, a feature in the playoffs. Sometimes their expectations is going to be reaching the championship game or the the big game. That's what I'm saying about expectations. If you were to encompass that with the Chicago Bears, a lot of people had the Bears reaching the playoffs. Bro, like people not really. We like who uh, if they were to win seven and a half wins. No, some people had them re- because they felt the NFC North was okay, weak. More, more than the people that had the Lions going to the playoff? I don't think so. I don't think so, but they at least felt that the Bears could make the playoffs. I, I think that's what it is. I think what, I, I'm the same way too. When it's your team, you feel more strongly you want them to win, but I feel yes. like we should grade it at like, okay, we want to be better than we were yesterday. Like, yes. we, we won more games this year than last year. Like, that's a progress. We threw yeah. for more yards. That's what I want to see more than like Oh, it's like Super Bowl or bust, or right. it's like playoff or bust. But it's but. like, it, like the Lions—they lost in the NFC Championship game. Their expectations for next year is probably reaching the same game or getting to the big game. Mm-hmm. They've earned that. That's that's what I'm trying to say about like winning. It, winning games helps you get there. You can't okay. have that expectations and lose. Okay, fair. Yeah, but if you do the same thing over and over again, like the Bills are, eventually you get to the point where. You have to. Make I mean, teams. you don't tear it down, but right. you fucking you find little things to you adjust try to or you, fix yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's. The, I agree. And and with the Bulls in question, we've done this so many times that I felt same fucking group, and we're yeah. still thinking that we have something. So that's no. That's AK's my issue thinking that he has something. No one else is. Just well, him. Uh, well, at Bulls, I'm I'm kind of speaking like in in front office thing. But all right, let's move on. Uh, guys, can we all hate on Jerry Reinsdorf together for a minute? Can we all unite on in the hate for Jerry Reinsdorf together? I don't even think this is his call, to be honest. It's hundred percent his call. I don't think so. It doesn't make sense it's for not, it to be his call. I don't think, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Interesting. We'll, I mean, we'll, how, we'll, we'll make that. Can a we point just move after. on? I'm done talking yeah. about the Bulls. We'll make that a discussion in the future, but let's go ahead and move into the NFL corner. The uh, oh, go ahead, Boopin. 
The Super Bowl matchup is set. Super Bowl. Set NFL Championship. Taylor yes. Swifties. Taylor Swifties will take on the San Francisco 49ers in Vegas on February 11th. That's all I wanted to say. I think you should have called them the Kansas City Swifties, not the Taylor Swifties. Doesn't really make sense. I hate, work this. On the agenda. Uh, <laughs> I hate this. We're just going to keep on going. So obviously the news from this Sunday is uh, Travis Kelsey had a big game to lead the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Ravings 17-10. Um, <laughs> and the big question is. Well, before we get to the big question, can okay. I just say that Lamar Jackson did what was only done possible in a Simpsons episode where he threw a, a pass and caught it by himself, which is phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. That it was, was impressive. Cool. It was cool. You, and it got, saw, got a lot of yards. I saw a stat from um, at Stathole Sports. Shout out, Jeff. He doesn't Shout listen, but it's fine. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, that pass, which is kind of assumed, is the longest pass play to himself in NFL history. There's been multiple passes that have happened. It's probably been about 25 from multiple quarterbacks. Some of them have gone for positive yards. Some of them negative yards. But uh, that one from Lamar was the longest in NFL history. Or since 1999, I think. so. Um, with that, question for the boys. Uh, are the Ravens ever going to make the big game? Man, this was the year, right? They look right. They had the number one seed. Like, honestly, when you see Lamar playing, the game looked easy to him. He was, like, running when he wanted, throwing when he wanted. He seemed in control. And then, man, I know that Chiefs defense is not a joke, but they, like, made him look like a clown, I think. It was like... what do you, When you say he looked like he was doing what he wanted, did you mean in this game or in the season? No, no, no. During the season. Like, he okay. looked so yeah, yeah, comfortable yeah. behind that, in that scheme, in behind that line. Like he was just like he was just like playing backyard football. It seemed he ran when he wanted to and didn't like. It was just like I don't know. Kansas City defense freaking shout out. Like they held one of the better offenses out there for ten points. Like shout I out mean, to that. Yes, defense. you can say that. You can say the defense played well, but you also have to look at the. At the end of the day, Baltimore Ravens just consistently shot themselves in the foot over and over. I mean. What did the, what was the stat that I heard that they ran the ball six times the entire game? Like this was a two score game kind of, but I mean it was a seventeen seven game. It was a low scoring game, and the fact that they ran the ball six times from running backs, like what you are probably what top five in rushing in Ooh, in yeah, the NFL? Probably yeah, probably better. Yeah. I, I I know, the, I think the Bears are up there, but yeah, like you're top five and you're going to give it to the running back six times, like. You you can blame it on the offensive, the the play calling because that was obviously bad. Lamar was bad, but unfortunately, you know what? This Dude, falls. This was they, Lamar Jackson's biggest game of his career because they had the game. They had the game. Zay Flowers was diving into the end zone and basically would have tied the game at that point. Yeah, and, but like, but this is all going to fall on Lamar. It's all going to fall on Lamar. This was his biggest game. He beat what? Houston, yes, but that's Houston. This was his game to take him to the next level. All the talk is how Lamar's going to be MVP. The defense was the best in the league. 
the um he he was going to take the next step go to the super bowl all the talk was oh lamar wanted a contract he got his contract well you know what lamar's still fucking lamar bro he still can't get it done in the playoffs bottom line he can't get it done in the playoffs and it's just it's sad lamar jackson lamar jackson threw for 272 a touchdown interception and a fumble yeah um like shout out to Kelsey too. Some of the catches he made on third down, and then like it, just like the he dive just, that he threw. Yeah, he just was like they were on back on the same page like they have been forever. Like he showed up in a big game. I think it was eleven what's, eleven or something like that. What's funny is on his New Heights podcast, he talked about that play where everyone's like saying like it was a great diving play. He blew the call. He didn't run the route that Mahomes wanted. And so when Mahomes was running around, he's like, I probably should have ran the route that he wanted me to run. And that's how that whole thing. Wow. Um, which that podcast is such a fun time to listen to. If you guys don't have a chance to listen to it, I would I strongly recommend it. Yeah, um, we're going to jump called trio of positivity. You should get the some shameless time. plug. Uh, the next game that I want to talk about, uh, obviously, is uh, 49ers and Lions. Uh, the 49ers beat the Lions 34-31 to the possible MVP of the league, Brock Purdy? Um, no. 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 <laughs> the There's 49ers... Bets, that is bets to be had, so it's Lamonte. <laughs> the 49ers rallied from uh, 17 points down. Uh, got a question for the boys here. Uh, the coach for the Lions, did he blow it? Yeah. Which call? <laughs> he blew it, like, multiple times. I I, I think one of the two... I would have probably kicked a field goal because you that puts you up by two scores. I think at that no, time. it'll put you up by three so scores. Two scores. I think that I would have taken that one, but like the like, dude, that's what he's done all year. He's made these calls. Same this thing again. One more. I don't want to pick on a rookie, but Jameer Gibbs, that freaking fumble. Like again, another rookie, impressive rookie who's had a decent year. Just decent. Like, Come on, bro. Great year. Thank you, Miller. Fucking credit. But, man, like, rookies on both teams that had been decent all year, great all year, just, like, blowing the games for both teams, I think. Okay. So now it's my turn. Okay, great. You've talked. First off, first field goal, you fucking kick it. I know he's aggressive, and I know Josh Reynolds dropped the fucking ball. He did. I mean, it was. I don't. It wasn't. I didn't watch it, but he fucking dropped the the ball. It wasn't the only drop. There was a lot of drops for the ball. But, like,. Three scores in an NFL playoff game that you have dominated. You kick the fucking field goal. I'm sorry. That's my stand. I get that he's been aggressive all year, and that's great. If he catches it, they may go on and win it. So, yeah, I get that. But, like, and I, I also get the point with, like, the field goal kicker. Oh, he's only 75% field goals from 40-plus or whatever. But, like, wow. kick the fucking field goal, dude. Go up three scores. If he misses it, yeah, it sucks. But this isn't like, like, even if it was like a 7-7 game, I would have been fine with him being aggressive. But we're not talking that. We're talking a fucking three-score game against a team that you've straight up dominated. Your offense was up and down the field. And that's, to your point, the Gibbs harm that happened. But it was just like, the series of events that happened in this game after he didn't kick that was just 
it was heartbreaking for Detroit, but all I could say is just the Lions are always going to be the fucking Lions. Oh, they know I, how to uh, blow it. They, they they played a near like near perfect game on offense. They had ten drives. They scored on five. The two were ended in four down plays. Like they had a near perfect game. So you you are scoring or in a position to score in seven out of ten games. Come on, like a lot of things went against them towards the end, and they ended up losing. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't think you can fault them. But like, they had a heck of a year. And what do you mean? You of course you fault them. They blew the fucking game, dude. Yeah, but here's they blew here's a my, seventeen point lead with that's your what point. Got them here. That's what here's, got here's them my here. here's my counter to this. Let I alone, think let alone, we didn't even talk about. Sorry, Chris, but we are getting. I'm, I'm getting to your question. I'm finishing it off. We didn't even talk about the fact that he decided to run the ball on fucking third down at the goal line. Like. That is by far the stupidest decision I've ever seen in my life. Like, he had to burn a fucking timeout, which lost them the game. Like, you can't sit here and say he didn't blow the game. You can sit here and say at what point he blew the game, but he blew the game there. Now, who's to say they would even they would have got they would have had a chance to even do anything? Yeah, you're maybe maybe not. But like the fact that he ran the ball, caused him to lose a timeout, which enabled the Niners to completely down it and run out the entire clock so the, the Lions didn't even get the ball back. It's just, man, he here's, blew it. He blew it 100%. Here's my counter to this. Um, And I have to word it in a certain way that I think will will make a little bit of sense here. I think if half of the drops were caught... Lions win the game. I think a lot of the drops happen on third down, if I recall correctly. But a lot of those drops were balls hit to the chest, were balls that were there. If those catches are made, I think the Lions win the game. So that's one. Two, if the Lions make a fourth down conversion, the Lions win the game. That's those are the two decisions that I would say, or not two decisions, two outcomes. We'll we'll call them outcomes. I think those are the two outcomes that I can honestly come in and say, if those things changed, the Lions are in the superb owl. And I don't mind how he called the game because, like Boopin said, that's how he has been calling it the whole time. Maybe it was the championship game that got people nervous. But shout out to Montgomery, who had a great game as well. Uh, if there was a former bear uh, to make. Also, I don't believe there's a former bear in, in the big game uh, this uh, next weekend. Um, there's got to be one. Uh, right? I think, uh, I feel like. Because Ravens had Vildor. most. Who's Vildor play for? Does he play for the oh, Niners? Oh, there you go. Or yeah. does he play for the. No, no, no. He plays for the. What are the he made a, lost? He made a boneheaded play. So he made yeah. play for Detroit. But uh, I would have loved to see Montgomery there, but that's that's the only uh, point. Uh, with that being said, next week uh, we have a very exciting episode. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive into the superb owl. Miller's face of excitement on that screen just goes to show how well it... Uh... Why is it a secret is what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get is why it it's a secret. secret. No, or... I'm upset you didn't even give me a chance to rebuttal. But oh, it's fine. go ahead and, go no, ahead and rebuttal. No, let's move on. I don't okay. even remember what I was going to say, but let's it's, move on. Yeah. It was uh, anyway. Yeah, well, we got we got a bunch of more stuff to do. We got to keep the ball rolling. Um, we're gonna have a couple props in there, and then we might have a special guest here too. So I'm very excited to uh, bring that in. 
So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to whoever. Actually, this would be a group conversation. I think we can make it a group conversation. I'll lead it off, and then Miller can kind of go from there. Um, I believe yeah, the Bears Miller, coaching I'll staff. I'll myself if you want to just talk the whole time, too. Let's let us know. <laughs> sure. I can just do my own podcast. It's fine. Hey, not surprised. Uh, we should uh, be right believe... all the time. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Can you let me finish my fucking sentence, please? Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Bears coaching staff being possibly set. Miller, go ahead and take us there. I forgot we were talking about this. Um, yeah, so the Bears have set their coaching staff. Head coach is Matt Eberflus, as we know. The big signing was offensive coordinator Shane Waldron out of Seattle. They signed the defensive coordinator out of the Bills. Um, Eric Washington, he was their D-line coach. Doesn't really matter. He's just going to be there as a functional defensive coordinator. Um, Matt Eberflus is still going to call the plays. Passing game coordinator on offense is Thomas Brown, Panthers OC. Quarterbacks coach is Kerry Joseph. Um, He was out of Seattle as well. He worked under Shane Waldron. And finally, the receivers coach is Chris Beattie, who worked with uh, DJ Moore previously at Maryland. So the big question here is, for me, was did this coaching staff lead you to a certain direction as far as where whether where the organization was going to go as far as Fields or Caleb Williams? And a few things I want to point out here um, that who knows if it makes a difference, but the one good thing that I've heard a lot of is how good this staff is. A lot of people are coming out I'm on my Twitter feed that, you know, is always right. Um, talking about the, sol- except, except, but whatever is talking about how good this offensive coordinators and this offensive coaching staff is. They really feel very high on this team, which is weird to see. Um, from the public, normally the coaching staff gets ripped. Everybody knows that a lot of people wanted Matt Eberflus to not be the head coach, but there was a lot of positivity, if you will, coming about this coaching staff. And the one thing that I wanted to point out was the passing game coordinator, Thomas Brown. He was the Panthers offensive coordinator, and he specifically decided to take a demotion to come on our team. He interviewed with us for the offensive coordinator position, didn't get it because Shane Waldron did, and still wanted to come on this team. So I'll give you my opinion before I turn it over to you guys. In my opinion, with the the highly touted this coaching staff has got, I think the Bears have made a decision that they're going to go with Caleb Williams. And the reason I think that is because I do not believe all these highly touted individuals are going to go to a team with the hopes that they can turn around a fourth-year quarterback. I think they come to a team knowing that they're going to be playing with a new quarterback, the best quarterback out of this draft, and one that's been highly touted for the last few years. So that's my opinion. Do you guys concur with me? What do you think? Chris, you want to go first? Uh, I'll let you go first, bud. Um, I It's been very interesting, right? So our offensive coordinators, um, 
Mr. Waldron. Um, he was one of the guys that turned Geno Smith around. Looks like our most of our offensive st- staff is coming from Seattle. Um, the quarterbacks coach came from Seattle. Um, our running back coach, which I think we just uh, hired hired him, Chad Morton, also came from there. So it seems like they they have a proven track record with uh, Geno Smith too. So I know there's lots of buzz in the media that this unit here is basically for a generational talent, make sure he gets the right thing. But I, I, here's what I will say. One thing we know for certain, like Bears have a really good support staff, no matter who the quarterback is, is probably what I would say. I It's probably leaning 70-30 towards being Caleb Williams, maybe 80-20 in my opinion. Sorry, I was just putting my hand up to uh, get the blur out of my camera. I didn't mean to like say, like, stop. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I think it's not a Caleb Williams move. I think they're, they're kind of like saying, like, Fields could probably be better. Williams could probably be better. Here's my honest opinion. I think the Bears draft Caleb Williams. I know some mock drafts have um, the a quarterback from – I can't – his name is escaping Drake me. Drake May. So they have some mocks have him going one overall. Um, uh-huh. I think the Bears pick up Williams and don't trade Fields and Fields start the season. Yeah, we I know think, your stupid logic. I, I think I that's mean, the worst case scenario for us. I it might be. Us. No, it worst case be. to me is still drafting Marvin Harrison number one. That's still my worst case scenario. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and then the more that I'm kind of thinking about it, and I, and it's going to be a question for you guys. Um, with this offense, do you not want Caleb to learn under the coordinator for a year before you throw him out there? Like, wouldn't keeping fields make sense for Caleb's success? Do we really want to throw him out on the first game? Do I really have to rehash this? I'm asking. How long is Caleb Williams going to be on the bench? Like, you say full season. But this isn't like a Mahomes situation where they had Alex Smith that played really well and and Mahomes was the 10th pick. This is the number one fucking pick in the draft. Like, you're going to go three games and odds are his fields are gonna, is going to have a shit game. And do you really think that the fans are going to sit here and say, okay, let's do this another 15 times? Like... Uh, no, listen, I understand. It's gonna, it's gonna come out immediately, and it's like you're gonna get the reports in training camp where Caleb Williams is doing better than Justin Fields throwing the ball, or Caleb Williams had two touchdown passes, Justin Field had an interception, and immediately the fans are gonna you be in an uproar on you know why I'm Fields sorry. is on I'm this glad, team. I'm glad you brought that up. I can't stand Twitter bringing those news about offseason stuff that quarterbacks do. I fucking hate it. Okay, it's yeah, it's fine. Well, welcome to the club if you it's have two useless, competent quarterbacks on the same team. It's useless information that just speaks whatever that person's narrative wants it to be. It, I hate it. I fucking hate it. I mean, like, I, I see your point, Chris. I think, like, if we draft Caleb Williams, I think our ceiling, at least for this year, is down a little bit. So we probably go from being a playoff contender or at least competing to be in the playoff to probably being slightly under there is my opinion. So I see why you would think that and why you would ask that question. But 
I think look at um, Stroud, what they did this year. Like, yes, Carolina was a huge bust, but Bryce Young, like, you know, he started all season and there's value there. So I think if we get Caleb Williams, I want to make sure the O-line's hopefully better at that point a little bit than what it was this year. We throw him out there. He's going to learn on the ropes. Plus it's, he's, supposed, it's, he's supposed to be generational. Like fucking, I feel like we're a shit team. I mean, you have a good see, team, my, and if you sit him, you're wasting a year. But see, that's my point. We are not like Carolina. Like, that's that we're not like them. I would say we are more on the Texans side, where if maybe you can muster more wins because of your quarterback, that might that might be the Bears next year. You realize my, that the Texans were the second worst team in the league last year, right? Yeah, but they had a decent defense. No, they didn't. They were the second had, worst team in the league last they year. They had a decent defense. Don't make me pull they up. They were the second you. worst team in the league last year. They sucked. I mean, they played better, Chris, because of their coach and the first. Yeah, they got a they... new coach, Ryan's, who brought in a new defensive system. They got Will Anderson and they got C.J. Stroud, who lit it up this year. They had two first round picks, and they I mean, the bottom goal. line, they weren't good. So sitting here thinking that, hey, we're the Houston Texans. I hope we're not the Houston Texans. I hope we're not the second worst team in the league. I mean, we should be middle in the back. And I will give you, I agree with Boopin a hundred percent. I think that. Um, why are we getting in this conversation? We're not supposed to be discussing this. We're supposed to be discussing our coaching staff. Because God I'm damn it! Stick to the agenda, you know. Yeah, the coaching stick staff. To the, stick to the, the agenda, Miller. Talking about. You're the not one that brought Fields up the whole that Caleb. Listen, you're the one that brought up the whole. Well, the reason that this coaching staff is set up the way it is, it's because it's a mover, Caleb Williams. <laughs> That's okay. so. Yeah. That that was that was accurate. That was 100. percent I was I thought that was Miller speaking right there. Well, thank you very much. All I, right. I wish I sounded that good. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna end it with that. Uh, we're gonna jump into the main Thanks. segment, which. It's going to continue. We are going to hey, go ahead and move on. This is the last one. This is the last one, Chris. No, We're it's done. not. We still have the draft. Well, the draft yeah. I'm excited for. Not going to lie. I'm actually excited no, no, no. for the draft. Oh, the draft review, bro. Fuck me. Fuck me. I thought it was just a regular draft. we got support. If it was Chris's way, we would just sit here and talk for fucking 60 minutes. It, talk if about it was my way, shit. it would just be one bullet point, Miller. <laughs> I know, and talk about meaningless How shit. How did the defense do? Over and over, all they the time. They did great. <laughs> End right. of podcast. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Um, we're gonna go ahead and drop it off to Miller, who wants to talk about the defensive line and the linebackers of the Bears and their review of 2023-2024 season. So, Miller, go ahead and take it away. What you got? Yeah. So. Like you know, the last two themes, we touched on the quarterback, the tight end, the running back group, and the wide receiver group. Just kind of giving you an overall feel of how we think they did. Well, this week, we're going to talk about the defense. We're going to try to jump through everything real quickly here. Um, keep in mind, we're only focusing on the big the big players of each position. We're not going to dive into the replacements that came in via injury or anything like that. So for the defensive line, let's start. We're going to talk about Montez Sweat. Justin Whoa. Jones, oh. <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe, and Andrew Billings. So those were the big guys uh, on the defensive line.
starting off with Montez Sweat. We all know him. Number 98. Turn this fucking defense around. We traded the second round pick for him and proceeded sorry, to sign sorry, him. Non-believers into believers. Yes, Miller, preach. What? He turned non-believers into believers. A lot of people were like talking about how shitty fucking trading a second round pick. Oh, yeah. Him. And a lot of people talked about how they should trade for Chase Young. You know what yeah. the report is now? Chase Young might be get benched for the Super Bowl. So keep reporting that, boys. Keep rotting that Chase Young to come to Chicago. Uh, fucking superb owl. Thank you very much. Whatever. Thank you. Thank um, you back to Montez Sweat. We traded a second round pick for him. It seems to be a hit. We signed him to a four-year, $98 million extension. He is the first player in NFL history to lead two teams in sack sacks at the end of the season. He had six sacks or six and a half sacks for the Bears and six sacks for the Commanders. And sadly, for both teams, that was the lead. So that's, that is what it is. But uh, in addition to that, three forced fumbles and 25 quarterbacks hits. So not only was he getting some sack numbers with the Chicago Bears, he was also right up in the quarterback grill. And you really saw it through the, the games that he played with the Bears. The overall defense just looks so much better. And we'll get into the linebackers and how much they improved as well. But moving on from him is the big man in the middle. Probably one of the the, the underwhelming signings from the from the from last year. Andrew Billings. Underrated. Underrated, yes. Underrated. That's I think the word I was looking for. You're welcome. He was that cog in the middle of that Bears defensive line that we were missing. And him being here immediately improved the run defense. Last year, for what you remember, we were second to last in the league, just getting run on upon run on upon run on from all the teams in the NFL. Well, that changed this year because we were the number one overall rushing defense in the league. Yeah. And a lot of that can go to these two guys and Andrew Billings and the guy that I'm going to talk about next, Justin Jones. They were there in the middle. Thankfully, Billings did get signed to a two-year extension, so he will be here for another two years. But he did a lot of dirty work in the middle. Didn't have a lot of stats that jumped off the page, obviously, but when you're a defensive tackle that can take up two, possibly three offensive linemen, that's what you're looking for for that position. And he fucking, he was great for this team. No doubt about it. Did you have something to add, Blue? No, I was, I was trying to figure out who he replaced. Akeem Hicks. Was yeah, he did, uh, no, it ago? wasn't Hakeem Hicks. We didn't really have somebody last year. Or I don't two remember who we had last year. He wasn't on the team last year. He he got he was gone the year before. Okay. I was trying to figure out who he We had another nose tackle that was really great. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Goldman was Eddie here Goldman. for I don't know if he was. I don't know. Whoever it was last year was trash. So yeah. whatever. The next guy. Um, Justin Jones, he was here last year. Um, but while he played, uh, he was also that, that inner defensive line. He had such a big leadership role from the team. He was that guy that communicated about the defense every game, whether it was the beginning of the season or whether it was towards the end. He was always talking to the media, talking to up front, being that leader. And it was such a key to the team from that front. Um, he was that leader in the locker room that this defense needed because they're so young. The secondary's pretty young, and linebacking core is new. But he really stepped up. 
Uh, he is an unrestricted free agent going into this year. Uh, he did have four sacks and 10 tackles from loss uh, in addition to 36 pressures. So um, he, he definitely performed well in that as an interior defensive lineman. Our big free agent signing last year that everybody was, I wouldn't say excited for, but I mean, kind of, because we didn't know who was going to get sacks for this team. But Yannick Ngakwe um, was signed late in the offseason. Uh-huh. He was advertised as one of the most consistent sackers, if you will, pass rushers slash sackers in the league, as he sported eight-plus sacks every year he's been in the league with the Jaguars, I think Indianapolis for a little while. He jumped around, but every year he had eight or more sacks. Well, unfortunately, that streak came to an end because he looked like absolute shit with the Bears. Uh, His rush defense is always pathetic. It has been. He's been known as a sack guy, and this year for the Bears, he got four sacks. Four sacks. So he did get he was he was injured towards the end of the year. You give him credit there, but he just never took off. He never looked dominating. He yeah, sure, he got a sack or two here or there, but just he played 13 games of the Bears, and he just looked eh. Eh, it was uh, the biggest thing that you should take away from the defensive line is that we got Andrew Billings in the middle to stuff up uh, the running game, and we got Montez Sweat on that on that wing that's going to be causing havoc for quarterbacks. And you got to be excited for that. We'll talk more about free agents towards the end, but um, those are two players that to look forward to watching next year. Any comments yeah. before we move on to linebacker? No, um, we will cover some more draft picks that filled in some of the gaps in like next episode too, in the episode after the Super Bowl. You better do Superb the secondary. Owl. I need you guys to get sorry, this fucking sorry. right. Good God! You realize that we've said Super Bowl like fifty freaking times throughout the year. I mean, they will, if, NFL is not doesn't have time to go after this tiny like, podcast. We've said it so. so many times throughout the year, but I get your point. NFL championship. Thank you. That's the better way to put it. Um. Okay, moving on to the linebacker core. We'll start out with the quote-unquote replacement for Roquan. TJ Edwards signed with us on a three-year $19 million deal from Philadelphia. Was pretty much the first signing when free agency started, and damn, it was a good one. We all know Roquan Smith. A lot of us are sad that he's gone. He was a stud. He was a leader of our team. And what has he done? He went over to Baltimore and he's now leading the best defense in the league. There is no doubt his leadership skills and his, his on the field production. But you know what? When he's asking for a hundred million and you're sitting here looking at a guy that got three year 19 and TJ Edwards and TJ Edwards puts up arguably better stats you have to feel good about yourself. Real quick, let's run it. Roquan tackles 158, TJ 155. Three more for Roquan. Sacks, TJ lead beat him by one. Force fumbles even. Interceptions, TJ Edwards beat him by two. And tackles for loss, TJ beat him by three. He outproduced Roquan Smith and for a shit ton less money. So props to TJ Edwards. He was probably the biggest surprise. He was consistent all year, flying all over the field and doing what that linebacker position requires. Just a huge, probably best free agent signing from Ryan Poles uh, last offseason. So it was a bold 
Shout out to the Poles. Right behind him is the other guy in our linebacking core that had a pretty big impact as well. He was the big signing of last year, the the, the pro bowler out of Buffalo, Tremaine Edwards. We signed him to a four-year, $72 million deal, so a much more lucrative deal than TJ Edwards got. And in all honesty, Tremaine Edmonds started really slow. He w- he seemed like he was late on a lot of plays at the beginning of the season. It seemed like he was getting outbeat, outfinessed by in multiple uh, instances. But you know what? It turned around when we got a pass rush. When Montez Sweat came in and brought that pass rush that we've been waiting for, Tremaine Edmonds jumped off the screen. He did have 113 tackles, not shabby. The big thing is he had four interceptions for a linebacker. He tied Brian Erlacher for the both of the interceptions from a linebacker in a season. And he also had a big TD as well. That was fun to watch. But really, Edmonds turned it up once Montez Sweat and this pass rush got going. He, he was able to hit those holes. He wasn't getting played as much by the defensive line. He was able to move easier. And he was able to be that cover uh, linebacker that we were kind of expecting. And it'll be fun to watch these guys come back. And hopefully this defense even improves. Last one on the list is the undrafted free agent that we got last year with Jack Sanborn. Everybody remembers Jack Sanborn last year. Came in as an undrafted free agent. Lit up training camp. He had an he had a decent year. I mean, he was basically was thrown into the starter role once Roquan was traded. He didn't set the world on fire, but he looked like a competent linebacker. He had that stature. Hustle. And you, you know what? He performed pretty well this year, this year as well. Uh, he needs to improve on his past defense. I think he was targeted 33 or 36 times, and they caught the ball 33 or something like that. The pass defense has to improve for Sanborn. But overall, for an undrafted free agent, he performed pretty well. So props to them. He's signed for one more year as well under his rookie contract, so it'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. That's your linebacking core. They're going to be together again next year. And all we can do is hope that this defense consistently improves and that these front sevens will continue to wreck havoc. Hopefully we'll bring in another um, defensive end to complement Sweat and keep this uh-huh. baby rolling. Boop, and what do you got with the, the the defensive backs? Your boys up front are causing havoc. The boys in the back are reaping benefits from this, Miller. Once we had a competent up front team, the secondary came to play this year. Let's start with Kyler Gordon, who was probably our most improved player in the secondary this year. Um, he had a rough start to 2022. Um, he was our 39th overall pick in the second round. Um, didn't start the reason, up, but then he started playing with confidence. And then just he made a massive year to leave, if you ask me. He was ranked fourth in NFL in passer rating allowed in the slot for PFF. Um, he played fast. He played free. Uh, physical this year, he was a, he was solid in run defense and even blitz a couple times when Flues would let him. So a solid, solid player, huge, huge lead personally for him. Uh, so good second year player there. Uh, don't ask Ben though. Don't ask Ben because you you don't want to hear his opinion on him. I, I was gonna give Ben a shout out when you were talking about Sanborn. That's his boy Badger right there. Um, 
Another second-year player is Joquan Brisker. You can see the Poles' philosophy here. It picked up two cornerbacks last year. I think two cornerbacks this year too. Like I think that seems to be like his his mentality. Like this mid mid rounds pickup seemed to be working. Brisker was drafted 48th overall in 2022. Funny enough, that draft pick was from the Khalil Mack trade, which was you know bittersweet for the Chicago people. He played 2012 games for us in 2023, had 85 tackles. Um, he had one sack, one interception, and two fumble forced. So that's Joquan Brisker for us, uh, another solid player. Um, let's let's finish on a high note, okay? Let's talk about Eddie Jackson first. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson has been around a little bit um, with the Bears. He was picked in the fourth round, 112th overall. In the 2017 draft, um, he had a great start to his career. 2018 first team All Pro, 2019 Pro Bowl. Um, he he got paid. He's on his second contract with the Bears. He's played about 100 games with the Bears. 459 total tackles, two sacks, 15 interceptions, six TDs. Man, it's fun to see him play when he's on it. He's really good, but we also see him be more aggressive, miss a bunch of tackles. Um, you know, so he's it's been a much much more mixed bag with him lately. But the star in the secondary, the guy who we hope will get paid this offseason is Jalen Johnson. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears 50th overall in the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, you guys ready? He was named the Pro Bowl Pro Football Focus Best Coverage Defender in 2023 with a 90.8 PFF grade. Um, don't say anything about PFF grade. He allowed a 33.3 passer rating and 195 total yards this season. He was named second all second team all pro, earned himself a big payday this contract season. Um, he this was his last year on his rookie deal. He finished the season with 31 tackles, career high four interceptions. He was named to the Pro Bowl and was the was also PFF's highest rated cornerback for Week 17. So that's our hero in the middle. Again, let's fucking pay the man. Yeah, so let's run over some of these positions that are that are up from these guys. So sign, extend, cut. Let's talk through them. Jalen Johnson, what do you guys want to see? You want to see him signed or cut or basically let go? Fucking extend the shit out of him. Ten-year deal right now. Sign him. Okay, let's settle down. Uh, let's relax. I think that's still going to be a tough negotiation since he did request a trade in the middle of the season. So I wonder but what that negotiation is going to look after like. After that, it seems like it's a friendlier term. Looks like both the parties want to come back. I mean, hey, yes. you can be friendly during the season because the man knows he's going to get paid either by us or someone else. So it's just dependent on what the Bears It's He's talking. It's not during the season that they're friendly. It seems like Poles has made it known in his press concert that he wants to sign him. He was a little more adamant about Jalen than he was with Roquan. I remember the same runaround. He kind of, in the trade deadline, he kind of gave that same Roquan answer for Jalen when he was talking about, well, he's a good leader and he's a good part of this team and I'd like to keep him. Kind of gave that shit. And then obviously he traded Roquan a few weeks after. But with Jalen, he came out recently in an end of season presser and said, we're going to sign him. So it's seen, he goes a little more definitive, whether that turns into a contract or not, or a franchise tag still on the table. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens there. My guess is Jalen's going to be on the team. Hopefully a long-term deal does come to fruition for them, but that franchise tag is available. 
let's not forget that. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets used on that. Yeah, uh, Eddie Jackson. Now the big thing with Eddie Jackson is his cap hit. So he's got an eighteen point one cap hit next year with a three point nine dead cap. What do you think? Extend or cut? I, I would. See... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Chris. I would extend. I would extend at least for three more years. Maybe get a more team friendly deal. I am so surprised to hear this because I was literally probably five minutes ago going to be like, this is Chris's favorite player because of how many missed tackles Eddie Jackson has. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But a lot of the Bears players couldn't fucking tackle worth shit. What? Um, Bullshit. It is very much bullshit. Oh, but I don't know what games you guys have been watching on your DVRs, but obviously I'm there watching live every single game. And it's very disappointing that the team could not tackle. I so think, back to the point. So why I, do you I think, think that you want Eddie? Like, um, he's just making too much money for the performance he that is, he's putting on the field. That's I said, but that's why I said it would have to be like a team-friendly thing. I don't know. It's more of a consistency keeping that secondary kind of secured a little bit. Like, the that's only, thing, the only logical thing I see is, like, that $18 million cap hit. You, like, move it out a couple of seasons, right? Like, give him a front load. I don't deal. think they can do that, right? If if that's his last year, they have to still keep the cap hit a certain number, Miller? No, they can do that. No? Okay. Yeah. Like cap well, basically dodges the shit out of it. Come on, you know well, how this shit works. Well, it's not that much. I don't think you can do in football, but basically, you can move some to a signing bonus if you're. Yeah. I'm sure you can manipulate. But I'm then sure you well, can add a couple of years at the end, and then just like basically like backload it. So there's many. Yeah, things. I, so as, as much as I love, I love shitting on his tackling. I think it's more of like if you make it a team friendly deal and you can kind of secure the back line a little bit, it, it no, might be worth it. I want him cut. Bye bye. Fifteen million dollars. Come on, man. You know we he's have not cap space. You, it doesn't matter. You don't waste it. You, you don't know waste he's not going to take really a deal with more than signings. at more than like ten million. He's going to get his at least ten. So you're still going to be paying that much for him, even if you extend him. Bye bye. Get him out of here. So I don't you, think he's so, that good. So let me um, ask you. So he got you... overpaid by Ryan Pace. He did. He hasn't performed to the contract since he got it. Um, so you wouldn't sign him to a twelve million year. Twelve million a year deal? No, it's too much money. Like wow. six, for a safety? Six, no, seven, no. I don't want to pay a safety I... that much. I can get but, a cheaper safeties in the free agent market. But Miller, jo- Jaquan is our main safety back there. He is the man. I don't need but, to pay Eddie Jackson. Miller, Go ahead, Miller. like he had a crazy beginning to his career. Like basically all pro, and then. Um, and he's been shit since he got signed. I mean, that's how, what happens, right? Like, you pay... Nah, you by the good players. Okay. No, it happens more often than you think. Take it easy. Oops. Yeah, it does, and I don't want any of those players on my team. Sorry. Okay. I don't want a player that takes the back seat or stops working as hard just because they got the bag. Sorry. Uh, Jim Miller is back into the program, so go on. <laughs> You guys can get the guys that that just got paid and say, well, I want to sit on my ass. Go for it. All right, moving on. Let's talk about um, Jack Sanborn. One year left. What do you think? Extend? We got to keep him. Well, I know we're probably going to keep him. He's not making much, but do you want to extend him? That's probably the easiest, easiest decision there. Like, what's extend? Like, Give him like what he's sign an extension. Sign an extension. 
But sine and extent is the same thing. You have sine, extent, cut. I don't know what the difference between. I know. I'm, I literally. I. They don't see the sheet moving. You don't need to read what's on the goddamn sheet. I literally gave you the question. They I said, "Do you want question. to extend yes. him?" Yes, extend him. Thank you. Goodbye. Jesus. How did you make the easiest decision on the fucking list the most complicated answer? Oh, God. Okay, I, I Justin don't know. Jones, moving on. Justin Jones. No, I God. think he's been pretty serviceable at the position. He's young. I think you might be able to get him for a cheaper extension. And go to Chris's point, I mean, this team is was pretty good overall. Projected to possibly be a top five, definitely a top ten defense next year with another defensive end. So why not? keep that linebacker crew together. Um, I can see it being I mean, like a one in one like a one-year deal and then like an option back-end kind of thing. Yeah. Time to like two-year type young, of game. Yep. But he's young. He might want a longer deal, but I, I, I don't think he'll be that expensive. See, that goes, but see, that goes he's back to my whole... Good. But that goes back to my, my Eddie Jackson question. Even though like he might want a bigger deal or the money-wise, if the Bears have the cap space to at least do... Let's just pretend that Eddie Jackson would do a one-and-one. I doubt it. But let's in that aspect, wouldn't that be the same kind of value that you would get for the team? I mean, Chris, like, mean... teams always want shorter deals. Players yes. want longer deals. Right. Like the, That's what happens, right? So, like, if the, if it was up to the Bears, they would all sign them one-year deal with the team option. Year to, they would do that on every single team. It's the players that are like, hey... I, I want some guaranteed. Let's sign three five-year deals with this much guarantees. What the like even a two-year with an option at the end that seems okay with me. But Chris, he is sorry. the seventh highest paid safety in the league. I mean, the bottom line is, if you're Eddie Jackson, you're not going to sit there and go, "Okay, I'm okay taking a ten-year, ten mil pay cut." Like, I don't think he's worth that. Personally, I don't think his performance dictates Eddie to, to be that paid that much. So I see that's why I don't want to point. I get that point that you're making. My my whole thing is given the cap space that the Bears have and the fact that they can negotiate lower terms with him. I can see the signing happening. That's what I'm trying to like get. At. I, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm I would much rather inv- I would much rather invest in Jalen Johnson and much rather invest oh, I, yeah. in J- Quan yeah. Brisker. And possibly Kyler Gordon, and and use them to be uh, my my stud secondary, rather than sign Eddie Jackson to an extension. I think I that, that is just burning money in a way, and okay, just not something that. I no, I get that. I get that. I was just more or less talking about the money side. That's I get fair. that we have cap space, but I don't necessarily want to waste it. I, I know PFF is a scam, but he was ranked seventy second in solo tackles. 75th in targets and 76th in targets allowed in terms of grades, too. So he's not the seventh best safety to be faced as that. The level. thing is, is that not all contracts reflect the best player status. So let's not even go there. I mean, well, I mean to, uh, I mean, at the beginning, Boopin said it. I mean, he had a great mm-hmm. start to his career and he got paid. He got paid and then and he, he started going downward. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, well, just because you got the big contract doesn't mean that you're the best player. Let's get back on track, moving to the defensive line. Justin Jones and Yannick Ngakwe, are you interested in signing them, or are you letting them walk? Justin, yes. Yannick, I think, is gone anyway. I'm with you, Boopin. I think I would like to sign Justin, kind of keep that duo together in the middle, but 
Yannick, bye-bye. He just he's a serviceable guy that tries to come in and get sacks. I want a more dependable figure over on that side of the ball. I know he got injured. I mean, it might be a team friendly thing. I wouldn't mind taking him one oh, more he's year. Not taking, he's, still he's not taking a team friendly, dude. You and these team friendly fucking deals. Who do you think these guys are? The thing is, the thing is, is like you can kind of see the writing, and like you said, he was serviceable, and but he was injured, so like that can be used to the Bears' advantage. I think if we didn't get sweat, he would probably have had a better end of the year. But I think he was, I think he was, so. no, I think he was Plan A, and then he became Plan B, and then like it didn't. He work had four out. sacks, four sacks in thirteen games. Like he was brought in literally to get sacks. That is why he was brought in. His run defense is crap. So he was literally brought in to get sacks, and he didn't deliver. Maybe the other way. He was brought in to get sacks. He didn't get it, so we had to sign Montez. Maybe that's what happened then. Well, I think we just knew it. What he wasn't a long-term solution. Yeah, it it didn't make sense for. I will say though, the premise that you think that we're supposed to get like a he's a player supposed to get a sack game like that's like you got to be careful with that because that's not who said that. Well, it, it sounded like that's what you were trying to get at. Like I mean, some, a sack a game is like... No, no one's saying a sack a game. I was hoping eight or nine sacks. Average he was on pace for six. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll probably get going on that discussion. Well, that was a good discussion on... Uh, and on obviously, side, before boys. we end the show, we left a few people out, like Lance Stevenson, our... Chicago Bears Rookie of the Year Award winner. winner. Um, and as well as um, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. These guys are all rookies. We're going to touch on them in a later episode. So um, yeah, they are they are important to us. They did have a big impact on this year, but we're not going to talk about them today. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you so much. Before we finish the episode, of course, we have to give the positivity grades for the defense. Uh, I'm going to start with Miller because he's always prepared for these scenarios. Miller, given everything that we've heard today, what would you rate the Chicago Bears defense? I'm going to say a seven and a half. I think we are, like I mentioned before, we're on a trajectory to be a possible top five defense. Um, We need a few more pieces. Obviously, I'm hoping that we cut Eddie Jackson. We sign um, uh, another safety to fill his role for cheaper. We get um, up from the utmost important, either a, a rookie. I don't think we're going to get a rookie. I, I kind of want a veteran in this spot um, on the opposite of Montez Sweat. And I think that'll really solidify that defensive core and will really cause havoc. So I think we're on the up and up on the defensive side of the ball and we should get better this offseason. All right. And Boopin? I got to be better than Miller. Eight. Jesus Christ. All right, and any reason for that? Um, again, we were one of the better rated defense, and most of the people are coming back, at least the solid crew one. So I, I'm very high on this defense. I think I see the plan, what we are trying to do, and I, I just feel like, I don't know, it's just like something that everyone's playing great. The line, the secondary, the linebackers. Again, it's definitely the positive part of this team, the Bears team. Um. For me, if it was early in the season, I would have given them a five. But I think with Flus calling the plays, you saw that improvement. You saw the players uh, get better around. And obviously, Sweat coming in uh, was a big game changer. I am going to lean more towards Miller. I will say a seven and a half sounds about right. I think an eight is a little bit 
too much for my taste. I can see why, but like, yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half sounds about right. Too much. Listen, you're talking to the guy that gave a 10 to the Chicago Cubs, so I have to be... Too much. Eight's too much. Too much. Too much, Eight's too much. Eight's a B. Eight's a B in certain school zones, you know? No, no. Chris always shies away from Bs. He wants no part of them. C's get degrees, baby. Bs get degrees. You put C's and D's in my face, and I love it. All right, and with that, we're going to end the episode. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys join us next week for a very special, superb owl show that we're going to have in mind. Um, want to give a great shout-out to everyone that has been uh, listening to us. Uh, we are still a young podcast, so any feedback is greatly appreciated. And with that, maybe someday in the near future we can have some positivity coming out of Chicago sports. But until then... We will continue to suffer in misery together. Thank you guys for joining us for the Feel Positive Podcast. You have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you, New Holland.